It is not the experience of today that drives men mad. It is the remorse or bitterness for something yesterday or what tomorrow may bring. I was having my daily conversation with God yesterday. And I started reflecting on what a funny thing he has given us with time. What a funny thing time is. How we use it determines a lot. We can use it to heal. We can use it to destroy. Depending on how we wield it, how much we use the time to nurse ourselves or how much we live carelessly, it all compounds. Time feels heavy when you're not living fully. And it feels light and easy when you're enjoying. We have nights and days, the same hours that sometimes feel like they weren't enough. And sometimes we have those same days and feel they're painfully slow. How interesting this passage of time that we have been given. A place for us to unlock what we could be or a place for us to bury what we could have been. We can really use it to our advantage or our detriment. All based on our respect for it. There is a time to clock time even, to be conscious of it, and there's a time to be free of it. Depending on how we use time, it can either heal us or destroy us. It can heal an injury with time, a fractured bone or a heart, or you can continue to aggravate it and worsen it with time. There isn't a clear indication of when each should be the case. You have to determine when to clock time, how to use it. How funny these tools that God has given us. How powerful. But we can't exactly control it. We can't rush its effect on our lives. We can't bend it to our will and desire. My father is injured right now with a fracture in uh, one of his vertebrae. And it brings up memories of a few months ago when he had COVID and I saw him laying there for two weeks helpless. And when I see him going through his treatment now, or when I see him in pain with his injury, I have to submit and surrender to the will of time. I realize, and I have had to realize, I can't rush his recovery. My father even wishes he could have the quickest way out of his pain or discomfort. Through a pill or some procedure, and again, this realization that we cannot rush the process. What takes 12 weeks to heal cannot happen in two. I wish there was a way to speed it up and get us to the after where it's happily ever. But that disrespect of the time that exists now as a means to an end for what is to come, a future that I tie hope to for happiness, demeans the now and shows me my misuse and misunderstanding of time. I'm tying to tomorrow an attachment that is sure to cause me pain now, all the while losing out on what is in front of me. We have a tendency to overlook the now. It's the only time we have. 
In the book, The Power of Now, he distinguishes time in two ways, clock time and psychological time. There's practical aspects of life that live in clock time. And psychological time, which is identification with the past and continuous compulsive projection into the future. Clock time is used for all the practical aspects like learning from the past, setting goals for the future, noticing patterns and making predictions. If you make a mistake in the past and learn from it now, you use clock time. But if you dwell on it mentally, criticize yourself, have guilt or remorse, you start to identify with that mistake. You make it me or mine. It becomes your sense of self. It then creeps into psychological time, which promotes this false sense of identity. Working on a goal with honor and attention is using clock time. But if you become obsessively focused on a goal to seek fulfillment, happiness, or a more complete you on the other side, you belittle and trample the now. The now just becomes a stepping stone to the future where the now has no intrinsic value. Your life's journey is no longer an adventure, just an obsessive need to arrive, to attain, to make it. All you can negotiate with is the now, the today. You can only take it one day at a time, one mile at a time, one step at a time, one move at a time. Sometimes imagining that you have so much more to go takes you out of the presence of this current step. When my one hour long high intensity workout is underway and I'm in the middle of it, if at any move I think past that move, if I think, oh, I have 45 minutes left or three more sets of this or after this one is the exercise I hate the most and I look past that current move, then I lose the effort given to that current move. I lose total focus and perform worse and I'm weaker than the capability that I have. The weight of all the work ahead makes the current load feel heavier. Your battles in a decade-long war are won one day at a time, one combat encounter at a time. When your work today is done, it's done. When all of your task is to do today's work, it doesn't help you to think about all the work tomorrow ahead of time. You aren't meant to negotiate with the time tomorrow brings. You can only manage and touch what is currently in your grasp, which is this fleeting moment and how you spend it. Any man can fight the battles of just one day. It is when you and I add the burden of those two awful eternities, yesterday and tomorrow, that we break down. It is not the experience of today that drives men mad. It is the remorse or bitterness for something yesterday or what tomorrow may bring. We make psychological attachments to the passing of clock time and we use it and we use the only real thing that is this present moment, the now, as a means to an end to a future with promise. When that future happens, it will be your now. It will still be now and you will do the same thing. You will look past it or you will look back at yesterday's, which is your today, which is your now, 
with more fondness than you currently are as you are experiencing it now. You'll want to rewind to all the parts you wish you could fast forward through right now. You wish you can come back to this. You have to accept life is cyclical and it, time runs in a loop. You have to be willing to play out your own version of Groundhog's Day. As a creative or anyone on the task of creating anything, nothing moves in a linear fashion. Even time is an endless loop. You can't look forward to a future like it's point A to point B. Time is a loop. It is a loop, a spiral where you're right back to the starting point after each upload, after each creation, after each accomplishment, after each project. You never really arrive. There is no finish line until you're finished, until you're dead. You're always going to be asking what's next. Great art is a result of living engulfed in this moment where flow is experienced. It is a timeless birthplace of greatness, a place you don't arrive or leave and can access at any given moment based on your degree of presence. Prolific artists have figured out a daily practice, a repeatable way of working that insulates them from success, failure, and the chaos of the outside world. From their time. They have learned what they have to spend their time on and do it no matter what. No matter how their last creation performed or was received. Realizing that we have no control over our lives. No control over how and when we end up at point B. We can only control how we spend our days how hard we work on each day. How we spend our days, of course, is how we spend our lives. Now, regardless of a good day or a bad day or terrible days or indifferent days, a routine and schedule defends from the chaos and whim of each day. A schedule is a net for catching days. When you don't know what to do next, your routine tells you. Relying on craft and a routine is a lot less sexy and it's sexier to be an artistic genius, but having a routine is an excellent strategy for not going insane. It also makes variety taste better. When your days are pretty much the same and have the same shape that a routine gives you, the days that don't have that shape become much more interesting. Eating out every day, if you ate from a restaurant every day, it gets boring. If every day was a holiday, you'd have no way of knowing what's a special day. So having a predictable routine makes the days where you choose to deviate from that routine so much more special. A cheat day makes food taste better than eating pizza daily. And a routine to most, to me, when I was younger, my manager tried to convince me, I need a routine. And I was like, no, this is why I have this job, because every day is different. And I fought this idea of having a routine so much. It sounds like prison, but it's not meant to restrict your freedom. It protects you from the ups and downs of life while taking advantage of the limited energy and the time 
while still being able to get our best work done. A routine gives you that predictability. A little imprisonment, if it's of your own making, can set you free. Having artificial deadlines, constraints, and rules is a good thing. Constraining the time you allot for any given activity so it doesn't take up more time than is required is a healthy way of getting things done. It squeezes the most out of each moment of time, each moment of nows that lead up to that deadline date. Or I can give myself until the last minute of the last day to get something done and it will occupy my mind up until then. It will most likely get done on the last day before it's due, like all my school papers, like this podcast episode, getting done and uploaded hours before it needs to go up. But people who accomplish most manufacture crisis, manufacture need and deadlines that have tolerances built into it to accommodate for delays and enhancements. Now, what your daily routine is, is less important than actually having a routine. In studying creative individuals, there was no distinguishable pattern or perfect universal routine found. Some were night owls, some morning, some drank many cups of coffee a day, some sniffed rotten apples. Most of them agreed that the afternoon is just the time that they couldn't do any work. It was the dullest time of the day. Some had to sharpen a dozen pencils before beginning. A routine is highly individualistic based on your own compromises, your own external situations in life, your conditions, your superstitions, your temperament. Everybody is different. So it's not about what kind of routine you have that's important. It's just having one. You have to spend time observing your days and your moods that determine what works best for you. My GTD system, where I track all my tasks built into a program called OmniFocus, is based off of my current moods. When I'm in a reading or research mood, when I'm in a learning mode, when I'm just looking to do low involvement tasks, maybe while I'm on the phone, depending on my mood, I set what I can get done. And I can base my routines around what I know of myself and what I expect of myself during certain days and and what natural moods I usually fall into. The point is just know yourself and have a routine because it will be the healthiest thing for your sanity. Because time is a trap given in equal amounts to us. The same thing that distances us from what we can be can also, when used properly, bring us exponentially closer to being it. There is a trap in not realizing that almost all of it is an illusion, except for the very time sifting right now. What you do now is what matters. What you do predictably, daily, and all the nows that each day presents is what compounds into what will be. You can't pull time forward. You can't push now away. Time is here to stay, as you wither away. Say what you have to say. Now.
I love you, family. See you next time.